Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Me and My Cats podcast. How are you? Thank you for letting me and my cats be part of your day. As you may remember in last week's episode, I started off with a cool cat fact. So the tradition continues. Cool cat fact number two. For almost 20 years, the small Alaskan town of Takatina had a feline running operations. Mayor Stubbs, an orange tabby cat, had several uncontested elections. Sadly, he never held any real legislative power, but he was loved by the locals and tourists. Stubbs' time as mayor was cut short by his unfortunate passing in 2016 at the age of 20. I could honestly do a whole podcast about Mayor Stubbs. It's quite the story. I encourage you to do some of your own research as well. Before we get into today's episode, I have a couple announcements. First off, the podcast is now available on more streaming platforms. Samsung Podcasts, Pandora, Stitcher, Deezer, and Listen Notes, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Podcast Index, and of course, rss.com. Links to all these places to listen to my beautiful voice can be found on my RSS website, YouTube channel, and in the description of each podcast episode. Drum roll, please! There is now officially a form to fill out podcast ideas and suggestions. I have included the link in the description as well as the other places I just mentioned a few moments ago. Getting your input on topics to discuss here on the podcast means so much to me. Audience involvement makes for a better podcast in my opinion. Last announcement. We are looking for sponsors. If you have a business or a product that you think the world needs to hear about, please contact me at justmeandmycatspod at gmail.com. One more time, that is justmeandmycatspod at gmail.com. Or on our brand new Facebook page, Just Me and My Cats Podcast. More information will be in the description. If you're watching YouTube, a beautiful information card will already be on screen for you. Now, let's begin our journey of cat history in the Middle East. In 2004, a burial site that was discovered in the small island of Cyprus provides us with the first archaeological evidence of humans and cats coexisting. A cat and its owner were buried side by side what is assumed to be deliberately around 9,500 years ago. Although we have no archeological proof, researchers conclude that domestication had to have happened before this time as there were no native cats on Cyprus. Now we move to ancient Egypt where cats were worshiped, mummified, and sometimes even dressed in golden jewelry to signify how powerful their owners were. Skulls of cats found in ancient burial grounds were identified mostly as being that of the African wildcat. This is the wildcat living in Asia and North Africa that is thought to have been the major ancestor of the modern day house cat. 
Let me look in my notes here. All right. So I don't know about you, but there's just something so fascinating about ancient Egypt, how the people lived, worked, and the beautiful relics that we see and learn about today. Let's dive in a little deeper to see how cats lived in Egypt. Cats had a very special place in Egyptians' hearts. They were depicted in their social and religious practices for more than 3,000 years. There are several ancient Egyptian deities that were sculpted and modeled after cats, including Maftet, the deity of justice, Bastet, the deity of fertility, and Sakamet, the deity of power. There's also a deity called Mut, who was depicted as a cat and in the company of a cat. So almost like a Goofy and Pluto situation. Cats were praised for protecting the pharaoh from diseases and for killing venomous snakes, as well as protecting their crops from vermin. Not only did they protect the pharaoh in life, they also protected him in the afterlife. Pharaohs were commonly buried with their cats, as they believed that felines brought them good luck and a safe journey to the afterlife. To Egyptians, cats represented the idea of Ra, the deity of the sun. Ra's role was to rule in all parts of the created world, the sky, the earth, and the underworld. So in translation, cats were pretty important to the Egyptians and held a lot of power. They saw them as protectors and companions just as we do today. However, I think they have us beat in terms of how they handled the deaths of their furry protectors. But they may have had an influence on how much we respect the grieving process. Cat cemeteries at the archaeological sites. Spios Art Amidos. I tried so hard <laughs> to get these words right, and I'm so sorry. Bubastis and Saqqara. So the three cat cemeteries at the archaeological sites. There's three archaeological sites. Spios Artimidos, Bubastis, and Saqqara there we go, <laughs> were used for many centuries. In these cemeteries, there was what seemed like an infinite amount of cat mummies and statues, which are now exhibited in museum collections worldwide for all of us to see. To some, it may seem ridiculous to have taken all that precious time and resources to provide the intricate statues and supplies of food for the cat's afterlife as well as the oils and resins for the mummification process. However, I think the ancient Egyptians were onto something. They saw the importance of a cat's role in their society, just as we see the importance of our pets' roles in our families today. After the collapse of the Egyptian dynasty, cats became popular elsewhere. Why wouldn't they? They're amazing. In the Far East, cats were typically owned by the wealthy and powerful. However, as their popularity grew, the domesticated cat made its way to surrounding countries like China, India, and Japan. In China, cats earned respect from humans as they protected villages, food, and religious manuscripts from pests. 
From China, cats moved to Japan and India as stowaways on ships. This is where breeding began, with breeds such as the Siamese and Burmese first appearing. Meanwhile, in Europe, cats were associated with superstition. And now, a word from the podcast's very first sponsor, me. The holidays are quickly approaching, and it has become so difficult to find affordable, unique gifts for friends and family. Don't you worry, I've got your back. Come on over to my online store, Unger Art, and find the perfect gift for that special friend or family member. With almost 180 designs to choose from, you're sure to find something you'll love. Get your favorite design on a water bottle, tapestry, t-shirt, baseball cap, blanket, or even a shower curtain. Visit tinyurl.com slash mgir art. That's tinyurl.com slash mgir art to find the perfect gift this holiday season. Okay, where were we? Europe, that's right. While almost everywhere else in the world, cats were recognized for protecting their communities, rulers, and their crops from pests, diseases, things were a little different in Europe. Why? It's believed that Egyptian traders introduced cats to Europe, while the Greeks and Romans used them as pest control. However, during the Middle Ages, there was this big thing happening that kind of ruined cats' reputation. The Black Death of 1348. Sadly, since basic science wasn't something people of the Middle Ages had, they believed that cats were the carriers of the disease. They were considered to be the devil's pet. So, cat lovers, plug your ears for this one. Rulers at the time ordered that all cats must be killed. Millions of cats were tortured to their deaths. Ironically, because of the mass killings of these cats, the disease only spread because it allowed for rats to thrive and thus worsened the epidemic. Scholars now suggest that countless people could have survived the plague if cats had been spared. Serves them right. This was a terrible time for all cats, but black cats had it the worst. To this day, black cats still have it pretty rough, but not nearly as rough as back then. During this time, people believed that black cats were witches' familiars who helped them do dark magic. It's always witches, isn't it? Some even thought that witches could turn into cats. Honestly, if you told me that my aunt and uncle's cat, Winston, was a witch's familiar that helped them do dark magic, I would be all over it. Hell, that's some Thackeray Banks shit from Hocus Pocus right there. But sadly, paranormal things like that were viewed very differently back then. It wasn't until the 1600s that people started being more welcoming of cats again. However, they had already made the journey to the New World. Now, 
let's talk about one of the most hated and controversial historical figures in the world, Christopher Columbus. You didn't think this punk would be in the episode today, did you? Neither did I. Anyway, here's something that he possibly did that was actually good for the world. I know, I know, hard to believe. Anyways, during the 15th and 16th century, cats were welcome on cargo ships to minimize vermin and disease. You see where I'm going with this, I assume. It's commonly thought that when Christopher Columbus quote-unquote discovered America, cats from his ship went ashore and flourished. In fact, this is where the American short hair is rumored to have originated. Isn't that wild? So what did the cats do once they got here? After some time thriving and flourishing here in the brand new world, cats got upgraded to the presidential suite. You're going to get this joke in a second. In 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected as the 16th president of the United States. But something you may not have known about Lincoln was that he was quite fond of kitty cats. Lincoln made history by being the first president to take two felines to Washington, Tabby and Dixie. It's also said that he loved cats so much that he took in strays. I don't know about you, but that's my kind of president. This started the tradition of other presidents bringing their cats to the White House with them. Teddy Roosevelt's cat Slippers, known to take naps in the hallway, was also a famous White House cat. Roosevelt enjoyed making his guests take detours at White House events as not to disturb Slippers' slumber. Again, that's my kind of president. Another famous cat, much more recently, is Joe and Jill Biden's cat, Willow, who was brought to the White House in 2022. Willow is named after Jill's hometown of Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. And Willow is probably one of my favorite White House cats because she could literally be a sister to my cat, Opal. They look so alike, it's honestly so freaky. And I promise you, listeners, that I will always find a way to insert my fur children my babies into the podcast. Don't worry. Despite how popular cats have become, they still weren't really treated as pets until the early 19th century. In fact, similarly to dogs, they were employed by cowboys in the U.S. Army. The evolution of the cat from just wandering rodent killers to furry companions happened very gradually. Things only got better for cats once people started bringing them indoors. Imagine that it's the 1940s and you're off to the pet store to get kitty litter for your cat. Except, hold on, kitty litter wasn't invented yet. So, where did house cats do their business? Well, during this time, there was a little gadget called the Easy Clean Kitty Toilet. This toilet was essentially a paper-lined metal pan that came with a privacy screen. Cats were really shitting in style back then. In this metal pan, you as the cat owner would dump dirt, sand, ashes, or newspaper so your cat could use the bathroom indoors. Great. Unfortunately, the odor associated with the urine and the feces was enough to drive many cats back outside by the human's orders. 
I'm sorry. So just because your cat's poop stinks, you're going to throw them out of the house? Like, literally? Why? Anyways, here's where the fun part comes. Let's travel forward seven years. It's 1947, and Edward Lau, a Michigan businessman, was trying to market granulated clay as nesting material for chickens. So it's just an ordinary day for Edward in January, until his neighbor Kay Draper stopped by to see if he had any sand available to use as cat litter, as she was tired of her cat tracking ashes all over the house. I'm sorry, Kay, but like, isn't that extremely unsafe for your cat to just be like going to the bathroom in ashes? Like, isn't that a fire starter? I don't know. This is the 1940s. Times were different. Anyways, so Lo is like, well, shoot, Kay. I don't have any sand, but I do have this granulated K stuff. Clay stuff. Shoot. <laughs> Anyways, she took it. Anything beats ashes at this point. Take the damn clay. Two weeks later, Kay came back asking for more clay. And so did her friends. The clay minerals were able to absorb the weight of cat pee and poop and didn't leave mess like ashes. So Lowe decided to abandon the idea of using it for chickens and market it as kitty litter. So if it weren't for Edward Lowe and Kay Draper, we might be using something else to manage our cat's bathroom needs and chickens might be using kitty litter in their nests. Wild. In 1999, an engineer, Brad Baxter, inherited two cats and discovered what a task it is to clean a litter box. So, he set to work on inventing a self-cleaning litter box. After years of tests and prototypes, Baxter introduced the Litter Robot, a patented sifting system that harnessed gravity to separate waste from clean litter, disposing the clumps into a waste drawer for easy removal. So, kitty cats, what did we learn today? I think we learned that cats have always had a purpose on this earth, whether it's to protect us, catch pests and vermin, be a witch's familiar, or simply to love us. That's up to you. Thank you for joining me and my cats, Opal and Jasper, on the podcast today. See you next week, where we will be talking about the mystery of Area 51. Is it just a normal military facility? Or does it house more secrets than we could ever imagine?